Welcome, welcome to Taboo Topic for your hot seat edition. This is your host, Ken Drew, and I got a good one for you today. We're going to go ahead and talk about the whole issue of transgenderism. Kind of continue the conversation as far as the hands-off approach and what that's led to. Well, we're going to get into transgenderism and how we got to this point. However, as usual, before I really get into it, especially the procedure aspect, I have some thoughts I need to share out loud. So, before we go any further, we'll be back after this short break. Stay tuned. And I'll choose sponsor myself. Me, that's right. I have absolutely no money to be made off this. Just getting the word out. Now, if you've ever wondered where I get my Thinking Out Loud monologues from, well, I'm glad you asked because they're just my articles from a Substack newsletters. Just type in the URL at kenjin296.substack.com. I repeat, kenjin296.substack.com. Spell the word engine, put the letter K in front of the word engine, then you get kenjin, one word, 296.substack.com. Then you can follow me on Instagram, Getter, TikTok, and soon, Truth Social at Kenjin underscore Express. I repeat, Kenjin underscore Express. Then last but not least, you can follow me on Facebook. Type in Taboo Topic in the search bar. Look for the logo that says Honesty Equals Understanding. There's two episodes a week. I have a hot seat edition where I scrutinize an opinion or story, popular or unpopular. Do my research so to provoke thought. Remember... That also comes with an article on Substack, so don't forget about that, on Wednesdays. Then on Friday, we go over current events where I pick two to four stories I found interesting, and hopefully you do as well. Possibly more if I have a guest. Then there's a good conversation so we can cover as many bases as possible so you, the audience, have less holes to fill in understanding the truth. That's two episodes a week, guaranteed, which you can listen to this show on any platform from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and more. To stay up to date and tune in. Don't forget to leave a review either. If it's less than a five star, let me know so I can better serve you. Here on this show, we dare to think out loud and question the narrative. Free speech triumphs your safe space because in order for us to think, we have to risk being offensive. If we want to have true peace in our society, we have to be able to be honest with each other. If we can be honest with each other, then we'll have a true understanding that will lead to real peace. Amen? All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome. Welcome back to Top of Your Topic. I am your host, Ken Drew. And this whole transgender conversation, well, I have some thoughts I need to share out loud because, frankly, I didn't think we'd get to this point where this has become a mainstream com- point of conversation. But it is what it is. Now, it's a subject that has been forced upon society for almost the last decade. I actually remember when the big debate was whether people who identify as a different gender should be allowed to use the bathroom they identify with. The debate really projected into mainstream conversation during the Obama years. Nonetheless, there was a universal agreement that children should be left out of the equation. Children should not be left in charge of making life-altering decisions to change genders when they are gullible enough to believe in Santa Claus. At this point in history, we've done a complete 180, or half the U.S. population can't even agree on this. Having such a stance is controversial now. Now, how do we get to this point? We also have to ask ourselves, 
is is it healthcare? If you endorse the beliefs of someone who's struggling with gender dysphoria. Now, let me start off with this. I sympathize with them. No, I've never personally dealt with gender dysphoria. However, depression, low self-esteem, suicidal ideation, guilty as charged. I understand what it's like to have beliefs about yourself that are considered destructive. That we can all agree on, correct? Now, it's not healthy to believe your worth is so low that taking your own life is something to celebrate. It's not worth hurting yourself in any capacity. There are teenagers who will cut themselves due to their low self-esteem or depression. Cutting myself was a part of my personal inventory. However, I've come close to taking my own life, as I've stated many times on this podcast. What stopped me? People speaking the truth against the lies of the devil. The devil would have wanted someone to make such, such an extreme measure. The devil would have taken pleasure with those who manage to hurt themselves, regardless of whether they take their own life. And weirdly enough, society does get on board to ensure that it doesn't get to that point. It's horrifying to imagine taking such drastic actions. Actions. This is how I view gender dysphoria. Ironically, the law agrees with this. It's illegal to take your own life or harm yourself in any form or fashion. But when it comes to healthcare, we get the exception. Seems eerily familiar. Abortion happens to be in the same unique situation where it's murder to take an innocent life with a heartbeat who can detect pain. However, once you're in a healthcare facility, in most states, it's no longer considered murder. Rather, it's quote-unquote healthcare. When it comes to other forms of self-harm, there's that inconsistency. Is allowing someone to destroy their entire biology to become the gender the devil convinced them they are healthcare? Yes, I'm going there. The process of transitioning into a different gender shouldn't even be a legal practice in healthcare. Allowing someone to transition regardless of age, is exploiting the individual's mental health. Now, who benefits the most from accepting this paradigm? It's not the people with gender dysphoria. It's the pharmaceutical companies, the ones the public adores. You may ask yourself how. Consider the amount of medication one must be prescribed to begin the transition process. Then, when they get the surgery afterwards, they remain on the medication if they want the process to remain effective. That's a guaranteed customer for as long as they can convince someone their beliefs about themselves are valid. Passive income for Big Pharma. Still not disturbed? I am. The very minority perspective in this belief. The trend, at least, is to be hands-off when it comes to adults, letting them destroy themselves. But when it comes to children... That's where the silent majority probably agree with me. There is no compassion in burying the truth of the matter. But perhaps we can at least agree that the endorsement of gender as a social construct is exploiting mental health regardless of age. And as for children, it is child abuse, grooming. However, continuing the conversation from last week concerning the hands-off approach, 
Perhaps letting even the adults transition isn't something humanity can afford to dismiss. What message are we sending if we claim to care about mental health, but don't bother to ensure that those with gender dysphoria get the help they need to get better? If anything, this is another indicator that there's a mental health crisis in America. What's your idea of health care? That is the fundamental question we must ask ourselves and answer. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this short break. And now to take a short break from the show to keep my promise and bring in awareness to the situation in Afghanistan where we have about 9,000 American citizens who were left behind as a result of the disastrous withdrawal efforts by the Biden administration last year. The elite globalist leaders, the media, and big tech may have forgotten about them and would rather focus on other manners, but the reality is we have Americans who are in harm's way because nobody wants to hold our leaders accountable. It's just too inconvenient for them. So this is a special shout out to the families and friends who have someone they know and love stuck in that country and also to the very ones who are stuck there. You are not forgotten. And I'll keep mentioning you until there is a report, there is a concentrated effort to bring you home and every single one of you comes back to American soil. Please, if you fall into one of these categories, either you're the family friend that knows someone that's there and you want to, want to let me know how we can better help you out, please reach out. Or if you're that person that just so happens to be stuck there and you're happy to be listening to this episode, please reach out to me. You can reach out to me through my personal account on Instagram at Kenjin296. I repeat, Kenjin296. Spell the word engine. Put the letter K in front of the word engine, then you get Kenjin, one word, 296. Please, you are not forgotten. Uh, to my audience out there, don't forget to pray. Let's pray for their safety and their return home. And now, back to the show. Welcome. Welcome back to Taboo Topic. I am your host, Ken Drew. Let me know your thoughts on the Thinking Out Loud monologue. Did you agree with it? Disagree? Loved it? Hate it? I know my audience has gotten larger in the last month or so, but I understand this is a sensitive topic and will probably tune some of you out. I don't know by how much yet. Hopefully not a lot, but I know there's going to be people who will listen to this and probably just listen to the monologue itself was enough for you to tune me out. So if you've actually stayed with me thus far, please continue to hear me out. Because this has actually been something that's been on my mind for a while now. And I thought, well, I could wait until Pride Month. Or I could dive into it now like I am as I'm recording. And the reason why I choose to do it now is because it's still timely, despite the fact that's not Pride Month. And I don't believe that Pride Month is something I should be validating as a month worth 
uh, zoning in on, if you will. I don't think there's nothing to celebrate in that month. And anyone who contributes, whether it's through Descent, like I did last year, or uh, Celebration, we're contributing to this validation that this lifestyle is acceptable now. And that it's somehow mainstream. Well, it is mainstream, I should say. But it's not something I think we should be celebrating, encouraging people to continue this lifestyle as the pastures are greener if you decide to transition or pursue your same-sex attraction, which that's a different episode by itself. So that's why I decided to just go ahead and do it now, which really the conversation that started this whole talk was the result of the, as a liberal's view, don't say gay, but as the right will probably view it as don't groom our children law in Florida. With the Biden administration now considering a human right for for child, for a child, children, to get hormone blockers and to transition. Like that's an actual push now by the administration that they're going for. So it's timely. And thus, here I am putting it on the hot seat. So please hear me out. Now, I'm assuming the majority of you are saying, when I say children should be left out of this conversation, let kids be kids. Now, let me know through social media platforms. But how old were you when you first realized boys and girls are different? There's a reason why I say that. Because in the beginning, you don't realize there's a difference between the two genders. And I say that because it took me until I was eight years old to realize there's a difference between boys and girls. As I wanted to go in the girls' room, girls' bedroom, not bedroom, restroom, and my mom and dad said, you can't go in there because I'm a boy. Thus, I had the conversation that boys and girls were different, but I had it with my parents. It wasn't the school. How far we have fallen from the days where a school, like the one I talked about with my editor a couple weeks ago in regards to the fingernail polish that we tricked one of our friends into doing, how far we have fallen from the days where the school would not only remove the nail polish, but called the parents to now hiding things from parents and encouraging children to pursue that. If that was my friend today with a fingernail polish, they would roll the red carpet out for him. And they would probably manipulate him and start putting ideas in his head that he's actually a girl. Because why else would you put fingernail polish? Imagine if you're a girl, but you were a tomboy when you were younger. Imagine in today's age what parents or schools will be pushing on you right now. The ideas that would be fed into you right now.
the red carpet will be rolled out and you'll be pushed to become a boy. Because that's certainly what's happening. Duh. And I'm thankful that I'm the last generation that got to experience that joy of being a kid still. And I'm glad to be part of a public school system at the time where the transparency was given. You didn't have to write a law about it. It was just a given. Now we have to write a law about these conversations to be transparent at the least. And listen, I have nothing against people who struggle with gender dysphoria. As I mentioned, I sympathize and I consider myself an ally in regards to they're in the same community as I am, mental health issues. I have my mental health struggles, as I mentioned. Guilty as charged with my depression and suicide ideations. But could you imagine if people around me started saying, Ken, your idea of yourself, your worth being that low and to the point where you should take your own life, you should pursue that. You're right. If that's your truth, then that's the truth we all need to accept. Anyone who now, from here on now, has the same thoughts as you do, they need to embrace their low self-esteem and take their own life or harm themselves like the teenagers I brought up earlier in the monologue. Could you imagine how horrified people would be if that was the rhetoric? And who knows? We may be heading in that direction. That may be, that may be the evolution, Pokemon evolution of this whole ordeal. Where now, instead of actually treating the mental health issue, making sure they get the help they need, we just go ahead and come legalize war procedures because that will mean more money for the healthcare industry. Listen, folks, in healthcare, there's no money to be made from people being healthy. All the money is from people being sick, period. So the more you can validate someone's unhealthy beliefs about themselves, the more money they'll make, the more money they'll get out of you. That's passive income, guaranteed money, guaranteed customer for the rest of your life. Their life, excuse me. Now, how horrified, but how many would actually be angry at people endorsing those beliefs about myself? And if you answered you would be horrified or angry or both, that's how I feel about this whole conversation with gender dysphoria. And if you don't think it should be legal for me to just go ahead and take my own life or cut myself or harm myself in any form or fashion, then why do you look the other way when it comes to people deciding to destroy their own biology in a healthcare facility? And I'm not saying that to be judgmental towards you. I'm saying that to be honest. I want you to understand this is what you're doing. You're looking the other way. I'm calling it how I see it anyway. There is some inconsistency with your worldview. 
we talk about abortion in the healthcare in the healthcare world a lot, whether that should be legal practice or not. But we don't really hear much conversation about whether we should even have this as part of healthcare when it comes to hormone treatment, hormone blockers, or even sexual reassignment surgery. There's nothing to that. There's nothing to be added from that. Especially when it comes to adults. It's the hands-off approach, libertarian. Let people live their lives. If they choose to destroy their bodies, that's their business. But like I said a moment ago, if you won't look away when someone is talking about taking their own life or harming themselves, why do you look the other way when it comes to people struggling with gender dysphoria? Because that's exactly what they're doing when they take the hormone treatments and they go through the sexual reassignment surgery. That's what happens. That's not a hypothetical. This is not me exaggerating or illogical fallacy. It is a mental health manner. Therefore, it should be treated as such, just like any other mental health disorder. So why do you look the other way? Is it because perhaps we've been programmed to not be sensitive when it comes to this? Have we been programmed to look the other way when it comes to sexuality in general? Which, if you think of it, we've been programmed in many ways to look the other direction when it comes to sin. But look what that's gotten us. Now, if you're a Christian, what message does it send if you endorse or condone people struggling with gender dysphoria? What message does that send when you tell them that's true, what they're thinking about themselves? How do you see that fitting with what scripture teaches? I say that because when you look at scripture, it's inconsistent and it's actually blasphemous. You're calling God a liar. That he made a mistake. When God makes no mistakes, everyone is fearfully and wonderfully made especially those who deal with Down syndrome. Everyone is fearfully and wonderfully made. There are no accidents. There is a purpose for everything. But how dare you suggest that those who have those beliefs, that essentially they're an accident, how dare you call God a liar in that in that department. Again, you probably don't realize it, and I'm not being judgmental when I say this, but that's what you're doing. You're calling God a liar. What, how destructive is that mindset for that person that you're endorsing their truth? Everyone likes to use that term now, right? My truth, their truth. Listen, there's only the truth. The truth is there are only two genders. And it is absolutely destructive to endorse and encourage people to pursue this path. Psychologically speaking, 
it's sentimental. Especially those who go through the transition, they become a higher risk to committing suicide. And I say that because a lot of a lot of these healthcare websites now say people who struggle with gender dysphoria may find comfort actually transitioning as a possible treatment. Did you know that? Isn't that an oxymoron? Com- they're finding comfort? Really? Then how come they're more likely to commit suicide? Why are their mental health issues of self-esteem exacerbated afterwards? And that's just the psychological part. Let me tell you the physical part, what it does when people transition. Now, I'll put this in the description as well. So for those who may feel duped, don't say it and put it in the description. As far as disclosure, listener discretion is advised. For those who have a weak stomach or you're listening with a child in the room or kids, children, plural. So I'll go ahead and give you both what happens when guys decide to become a female or want to tra- want to transition to becoming a female and vice versa. And this is going to be hard for me to say, hard for me to read, because it's, I have a weak stomach myself when it comes to anything healthcare related. However, it's one thing to say it's destroying the body. It's another thing for me to actually it's another thing for me to actually give you a more descriptive descriptive process of the destruction of one's anatomy to become another gender that they'd seem fit more fitting in their mind. So let's go ahead. That's your disclosure. So this is for women who decide to transition into a man. So they have to get go through hormone treatment to create this from Planned Parenthood, by the way. This one I'm about to read off. So um, kind of ironic because I brought up abortion in my monologue earlier. But here's Planned Parenthood openly talking about what it's like to transition. So for those uh, men, women who want to become men, their hormone treatment has to do with creating masculine characteristics such as getting a deeper voice, facial hair growth, muscle growth, redistribution of body fat from hips and breasts, not getting a period, etc. Now, they get male chest reconstruction or top surgery, removal of breasts and breast tissue, hysterectomy, a removal of eternal female reproductive organs such as the ovaries and uterus. If phyloplasty or construction of a penis using skin from other parts of her body and then medioplasty or surgery that causes your clitoris to work more like a penis along with hormone treatment to make your clitoris grow larger that's the process for a woman to become a man and i say that air quotes because They're still a woman, but I digress. Now, for those men who want to become a female, this is what it's like for them, per Planned Parenthood anyway. Their hormone treatment, obviously, is to focus on getting female characteristics such as less body hair, breast, redistribution of body fat towards the hips and breasts, etc. I'd have breast implants, 
They have removal of testicles. They get laser hair removal to remove hair from her, his face and other parts of his body. A tracheal shave, uh, shaving the Adam's apple smaller. Facial feminization surgery, which creates a more facial or feminine facial features in penal inversion, which you get the idea, and that's to create the quote-unquote vagina. Now, it is worth noting for the women trying to transition into, or women trying to transition into a man, a lot of them choose not to get that penis, the plastic one anyway, the fake one. And so it begs the question, you hear all that and it's, it's how I said it. It is the destruction of one's anatomy, biology to become someone they're not. It is literally playing dress up. It's playing dress up to a new level. It's the next Pokemon evolution of dressing up. Costume putting on. Costume. If hearing that did not make you cringe at any point, I don't know what will. And I have a weak stomach. That was hard for me to read off. Not because some of the more medical terms were hard for me to actually pronunciate, but I have a weak stomach. And it bothers me. There are people out there who will encourage people to pursue this route and it pisses me off even more when I hear healthcare professionals talk about this as an actual medicine, medical treatment. This should not be a medical treatment, period. And I hope with this episode, my goal is to provoke thought and maybe start creating this new movement to actually ban reassignment surgery and hormone treatment altogether in healthcare, period. It shouldn't be a healthcare practice at all. Some may say, well, Ken, you can't legislate morality. People are going to find a way to play dress up regardless if it's available to them or not. And that's true. But at least it's not mainstream. At least the healthcare world is not condoning it and saying this is actual treatment. There's an old saying in healthcare that there's no money to be made from people being healthy. Let me tell you, the more people they can keep sick, that's a guaranteed customer as long as that person lives. That's passive income for healthcare, a big pharma. That's who this benefits the most. And ironically enough, a lot of the treatments that people who transition go through, there's some other risks associated with that i'm not going to get too into in this episode that's another conversation for another day but it does bring the other aspect but i will get into as i mentioned earlier that this does not help their psyche this exacerbates the problem this makes the situation worse in their head By condoning it, encouraging it, endorsing it, 
we are validating their beliefs the way they are isn't enough. That's what we're doing. And there's some inconsistency for those who say we care about mental health, but are willing to look the other way when it comes to gender dysphoria. Even for adults. Forget children for one moment. Let's just focus on the adults again. If you had a family or friend, family member or friend, I should say, that you saw was struggling with this. And you saw them go ahead and pursue this route to get sex reassignment surgery or hormonal treatment. What would you do? Would you do everything in your power to ensure that person doesn't have the capability of doing it? Let me rephrase the question. If you knew someone who was struggling with suicidal ideation, wouldn't you do everything in your power to make prevent that from happening, even if it meant getting the law involved? Why can't that be applied when it comes to people wanting to transition to a different gender? Why not? And this begs the question as well, going back to children for a moment. If children at this age, at the age that we were talking about, especially the Florida law that it aims towards, if they're not really thinking about the differences between genders at that point in their life, then how do they come up with conclusions that they're transgender? The only reason they would even consider that if there's adults around them that are projecting that belief onto them. That's the only way. There is no such thing as an LGBTQ child organically. From an organic standpoint, there's no such thing as an LGBTQIA plus child. It is all projected from adults. An adult projects that onto them. And the child picks up on it. And as I mentioned earlier, they're gullible. They're going to buy into what the adults are. Because the adult, they trust the adults. Children, we look as children, they look, us, look to us for all the answers. We are the know-it-all. We know it all. They trust us. And for adults to exploit that trust for their own purposes, they shouldn't even be allowed to be around children. They shouldn't even be allowed to raise kids. They shouldn't be allowed to be in the same vicinity, building, where the children are at. They are, as what many on the right are calling that, calling them now, groomers. We used to be able to agree on that as well once upon a time, but we can't agree on that anymore. So where do we go from here before taking a short break and closing things out? We have to go back and answer a fundamental question overall. What is healthcare? What should be the goal of healthcare? Where are we at? 
and what do we want from it? It's one thing to talk about healthcare and talk about who's going to pay the bills. It's another thing when we're talking about the actual healthcare system as a whole and how it makes their money from people being sick. There's no incentive for preventable healthcare and for people being better. Leaving them better than when they found them. There's no incentive for that right now. What should be considered healthcare? Is someone transitioning healthcare? And I understand there are some very, very few people in the world, very small percentage of people who struggle with gender dysphoria, and they have both biological body parts. I don't know the exact science behind it. So for those people, listen, I get it. I can understand sexual reassignment surgery for those individuals. I'll add that nuance in there. But for those who are like me or my editor, for example, who are clearly born with one set of biological body parts of male and female, is it healthcare? If one of us comes to you and says, yeah, we're struggling with this belief about ourselves, we're born in the wrong body, we're going to go ahead and transition and destroy our biology, anatomy. Is that healthcare in your mind? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. What do you want from your healthcare to provide? Do you trust the state of our healthcare system right now and feel comfortable looking the other way at this point? I hope not. If anything, I hope this provoked thought and for you to start thinking. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this short break. Welcome. Welcome back to Taboo Topic. I am your host, Ken Drew. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode. I hope this episode provoked thought for you. And as usual, I'll be back for this weekend review for uh, current events. So by all means, uh, please come back for that. And thanks again to everyone for tuning in, taking the time of your day to listen to what I have to say. And until next time, God bless.